Tell me when to go. Time to go. Time to go. It's time to go. Ready to go. Let's do it. Let's go. This Thank is... You very much. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Taiwan's number one NBA podcast. We're coming to you from the, one the heart. Only. It's the only one we got. Don't, 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 don't mention that part. It makes it sound less impressive than we're the best. I mean the number one. Yes, the number one NBA podcast. English language speaking, of course. There might be some sick Chinese podcasts out there. I don't know. I doubt it. I don't think they're into the podcast yet. It's not breaking through. Who am I? I'm your host, Sam Yarb. It's my pleasure to be here with me, my good friend, Mr. Van Ryan. How you going, man? Good for those Von Ryan, but you've only known me for four years, so yeah. I'll let it slide. Absolutely. I thought it was rain until... Van <laughs> Ryan. Mr. Van Ryan. Ryan, something yeah. like this. All right, off to a fucking rocking start right here. Uh, we're coming at you today. It's Friday night. We just finished work. We're having a, having a few beers right here. Loving life right now. About to start the weekend. And before we do, we wanted to hit you with part two of our Over-Unders podcast. Uh, last week, we came at yeah. you with our three favorite overs. Now, let's remind you guys that um, this is a preliminary look. We only have the bet online odds posted so far. So we took a quick look through those early, early odds. The money hasn't started to come in. Those lines haven't shifted. Some big trades recently. I'm going to move those lines around. And uh, we gave you our three locks for who we felt were the overs. So today... Because some numbers jumped out. Some numbers have jumped out. Some numbers definitely popped out to us. So today we're coming at you and we're going to look at the flip side. The three, our three favorite unders for the upcoming 2018 NBA season. So uh, before we jump it up, Matt, can you remind our, our listeners who might not be as gambling savvy uh, what we mean by the over-under and uh, what does it mean when we're talking about unders? Well, as I explained to my students today, when we watched uh, uh, Universe Assad, the Olympics of <laughs> University students, United Arab Emirates versus Czech Republic game, we bet a lot of over-unders. I taught them over-unders <laughs> for quarter, for game, and all different propositions. I lost a lot of candy, but they What they was won. the sport? What was the sport there? It was basketball. We were betting ba- basketball. So do you have over-under for the I, number of black people on the United Arab Emirates team? <laughs> like the, they've imported for the university? They, they took the over on all. <laughs> they looked the over on everything? They took the over on all. But actually, Czech Republic just dominated. It wasn't even a game. Oh, yeah. But so basically... That's not surprising. It's <laughs> totally unsurprising. Yeah. Basically, the over-unders are Vegas puts out a number that they think is perfect number for if you run a hundred simulations and scenarios, how many games is this team going to win? And they usually add 0.5 to the end so there's no ties. So basically like uh, a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, they're 44 and a half projected wins. You can take the under, you're thinking they're going to win less than that, or the over, you think they're going to win more than that. And that's that's basically it. That's Over-unders. Basically, yeah. and, and we did the overs... Last week, and we we took some pretty good picks. I think people can win some money on that. I think we got some good ones in there, especially if, if gambling is legal in your country. Gambling is legal in your country. If it's not, check out uh, Bet Online and, and or send us some money. We'll gamble here in Taiwan. Or just gamble with your friends. It's more fun. <laughs> Hit us up on on Twitter. We can yeah, gamble with us. And uh, an important point that you uh, that uh, you mentioned in our first one is that the, again, the where these lines are set is not necessarily where. Vegas thinks that teams might finish, but where they're designed to generate equal action on the on the Absolutely. plus and minus. That's that's the most important thing. And that's a huge point for people who are trying to actually make money on this because you got to realize that if you in certain cases you can go against the general public. There might be a perception that a team uh, like the Golden State Warriors, they're they're over under sixty seven and a half. 
It might be a perception. Of course, these guys won 72 games, you know, two years ago. Uh, of course, they're going to go over like that, and so people will bang that over, whereas you might uh, you realize that 72 wins is such an incredible amount that 67 is actually a huge number of games to win, especially in a competitive West. So, Absolutely, yeah. So the numbers move because of that, so that might be a place where, uh, where money could be made. So. And another great example, not with over-unders, is the Sacramento Kings are 1,000 to 1 to win the championship, which mm. is still horrible odds. And the LA Lakers are 100 to 1 to win the, <laughs> to win the championship, which is insanely horribly odds. Yeah. But obviously because they play in a big market and, and people mm-hmm. like Alonzo Ball and LeVar Ball. People have probably like, already bet on the Lakers like years ago. Like yeah, this, you know, be like, give me the Lakers the next future, three future years. Yeah. <laughs> parlay that shit. Dwight yeah. Howard ain't going I anywhere. Think they were, I think they went back to back to back in yeah. that parlay. Yeah, since 2010. Just give me the next decade on the Lakers. They'll win more than half. So there is a little bit to think about with that, but basically for most teams besides outside of L.A. and Pretty much is L.A. I mean, mm. the, the Warriors, the Knicks, a couple of teams. Hope springs eternal in New York. They always look at you that. You have to, run, like, yeah. factor that in a little bit. But for most of the odds, they're pretty they're pretty accurate. And when you see the number, you're, most of the numbers you think, damn, that's a good number. That's a good number. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know how to take. Vegas, so, yeah, the, the, the biggest thing to take away is, is Vegas. Oh, it's always going to win. Vegas, <laughs> yeah, the house always wins. But we got some smart bets for you guys. Yeah, we got and some And starting off, ideas. we chose... Three of our, our locks, and we're yeah. going in descending order. So this is Sam's third most confident lock. Very Sam, good. what team do you think is the third most likely to be under their The third most prediction? likely team, I think, to be under their current, uh, their current prediction is the Atlanta Hawks, ATL. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks. Ooh, my first pick. That's your number one team. That's oh. my first pick. Oh, that you with your first. So that was your my number one that's your most number confident. one luck. All right, then we got a lot to talk about for these guys. Yeah, I have them as third, thirty-three and a half. Um, yep, that's their number. So again, if they win thirty-three games or less, they will go under. If they win thirty-four games, they hit over. I really like that under. Um, and I think a lot of these, but they, you have them as your number one team. So so talk to me, Matt. What's what's your what's your primary reason right there? Well. One one thing that scares me is last year they won forty one games, so we're predicting an eight eight game drop. An eight game but drop. They lost Horford. They lost Horford. They lost Corver mid season. They lost. They lost Millsap. Excuse me, Horford was two. Oh, years I'm ago. sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Millsap. They lost Corver mid season. They lost Tim Hardaway Jr., which is not. The greatest player, but he's a good player. He was well, he was the, one of their best players. According to the Knicks, he's was a seventeen million dollar player. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, some teams think he's that great. So yeah. like, you're left with Bazemore. Yeah, let's go through their starting lineup. Who do we we got the starting at point oh, guard? Oh man, you've done this to me before. Schroeder, German Rondo, Bazemore. I guess plays the two, and then. You know, it's just a shit show. It's just, <laughs> exactly. It's just a I shit think show. Mike, I, Mike Muscala is a prominent member of this team. Like, yeah. And I heard the Atlanta GM on a podcast this week. I can't remember which NBA podcast. It could have been <laughs> Sam Amix or the ESPN or someone's podcast. We don't shout out our rivals. It's all right. Yeah, fuck them all. <laughs> it, it might have been ours. We might have had them on earlier this week, but we had so many guests. I can't so remember. many guests. Tough to keep track of. Taipei's number one NBA language. The NBA podcast. first thing he said. They, they introduced him. Welcome, GM, blah, 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 of the Atlanta Hawks. The first thing he said, well, I'm glad to be on this program. I'm sorry to be here under conditions where we're not trying to win this year. That's the first thing he said. Not prompted. The first thing he said is, I'm, I'm sorry to be here under these conditions. 
but we're not trying to win this year. What, so, so read the tea leaves there, Matt. What do you, what do you see? What do you see in that? I mean, he's, shoot, he's shouting the message. He, he's trying to get out there yeah, exactly. in, in front of everything. He's trying to get in front of the message. He's saying, we are going to tank. We're and, going to tank. And they have their pick. They have Cleveland's pick, mm-hmm. which won't be that great, but they, they have some picks. And their team just sucks. Like, their team absolutely their team is miserable. There's like, just nothing. It's below. I mean, and again, like, I go back to, okay, the lowest over-under would be the Brooklyn Nets this year. Which I like the over. Which is a 22 and a half. 22 and a half. So we're looking at the roster for, for Brooklyn and then look at the roster for Atlanta. And you're telling me that Atlanta is 11 games better no than way. this Brooklyn team. And I just, uh, and I don't, I do not see it. And uh, we talked about this a bit in the Overs podcast, but it bears repeating this year. It's going to be here, especially in the Eastern Conference, where we're going to see a lot of tanking coming through. M1 Abrams, General Patton's going nuts on the East this conference. It's going to be a tank-tastic season in the East. And I think everyone knows it, and I think they're going to tank early and often. Boom. It's not going to be they wait to the, the middle of the season trade deadline. No, no, I think no. they start tanking from the from the get go because these I mean you're looking over at the Western Conference you got a couple bad teams over there so we'll talk talk about some of those bad teams in the Western Conference uh, they might be racking up losses faster than you can keep pace with in the East you might be stumbling your way into wins just by being halfway competent you got to be yeah. a full on dumpster fire to lose in the East because it's such a weak conference there are a lot of teams that look like full on dumpster fires and uh, and Atlanta's definitely one of them man this team. Like, can we talk for a second, though, about Atlantis, especially since we both had them on our list? You look back to, was it now two or three years since their 61 year, uh, the seemingly improbable 61-win season? Amazing. Amazing season. All the major pieces for that. Corver, Horford, Millsap. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, Carol, to some DeMar- degree. Carol, yeah, DeMar- Carol, yeah. Yeah, no, that's your starting five. All those guys they're, left, they're with the exception they're all of gone. Teague, which I they did get something back, if I'm correct, right when the, he was traded to Indiana, or was he left in free agency to Indiana? I, yeah, I think he was traded. I think he was traded. So something came back, but with so him aside, but it was those other it was four, minimal. It was minimal. Yeah, those other players left with no with no return on investment. Harper was also traded for a, a late. I mean, a late, yeah, so they get a late Cleveland pick. pick. But you have those two big pieces, but, Horford and Millsap. But they're two best players, Horford and Millsap. Just walk. And Millsap on an amazing contract. Yeah, just just uh, just walking. Um, That's brutal for any franchise. And then, and then no now they're looking at rebuilding, and they're rebuilding without those draft picks. Like, yeah. if, I mean, such a swing and a miss yeah. for the Atlanta Hawks. I mean... If they were, I feel like if they were in a major media market, if they were in a media market that that the the reporters cared more about, or the fans even seemed to care more about, this would be the biggest story about how the the botched reconstruction right here. They have to, they're doing the rebuilding without any of the draft picks they could have acquired for either of those guys. And how know. their coach loses their GM position. And yeah. he, he's, I mean, that's a straight demotion. Like you can. Spin it anyway, oh, yeah. but that's a straight demotion. Mm-hmm. And it, it, yeah, there's a huge swing and a miss. Nothing worked out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just horrible. Keeping none of the players, all of them coming back, getting getting basically next to no return. I don't know. Um, who did they pick up in the Dwight Howard trip? They got Marvin Williams, so I guess Marvin Williams will be studying for them, correct? Well, the worst part of that contract was it was supposed to be a salary dump, but they, they took on three years of Plumley. <laughs> They got the Plumley, yeah. They got the, Three the overpaid years, box like Plumley, thirty-three yeah. million, like huge contract. That, that's just a horrible trade. Yeah. My yeah. favorite thing about the Hawks is that I saw that a couple that met on Atlanta Tinder night two years ago nice. got married this summer. 
Oh, that's sweet. That's very, very nice. Yeah. And, and I remember when the, I first heard that news that Atlanta was doing a Tinder night. It was called like Swipe Right, Swipe Right Night. <laughs> swipe right. And it was just they just like localized it to everyone in the arena and just everyone home and fuck. And <laughs> so, in one relationship worked out. And they got married. So all right, I'm going to give you a little amazing. multiple choice test right now. Um, sure. All right, this is off the cuff. A little surprise. Trivia. Right There's trivia now right here. Okay. Um, uh, Alpha Kaba is one of the following things. Alpha Kaba. Alpha yeah, Kaba no, is No, no, the... I had Alpha Kaba in my protein shake yesterday. Yeah, they say it's, 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 it's like algae mixed with... Alpha Kaba is, yeah, A, a uh, gas station boner pill that you can, you can buy at the same place. Sounds safe. B, a forward for the Atlanta Hawks. Alpha Kaba. <laughs> or C, the first two letters of the Greek alphabet. Wow. If you weren't looking at the Atlanta Hawks roster, I'd be more inclined to, to take, a, take a swing on this. But actually, it sounds like a, a boner pill. It sounds like... It sounds like, a, yeah, like I'm getting some Alpha Kaba tonight. I'm, gonna, it's I, like you're driving, I'm going John Jones in tonight. You're driving to the middle of Arizona. You're alone. You're single. And you're like... And, and their advertisement is like, why are you alone? Try Alpha Kaba. And you're like, fuck, man. That, that is my problem. Is my boners are too weak. Every time I meet a girl... I mean, this is this is a pretty amazing team. Alpha Cup is not even the best name on this team. That thing would have to go to Diamond Stone, who I think sounds like amazing. a a 1980s porn star. Yeah, yeah, that, like, that, the, like a prostitute. Yeah, Diamond Stone. I think we met one of those at the uh, pool party last weekend. John Collins on the roster. That was a guy who looked really good in the in the summer league. The rookie getting some rookie uh, of the year buzz, and certainly it seems like he'll get the playing time on this fucking team. Uh, I think that's probably more time than anyone's devoted to the Atlanta Hawks, including their general manager in the last... And the last time we'll talk about the Atlanta Hawks. On yeah, podcast. so that's your number one pick for under this year. I, I love the under. 33 and a half. I, have I, I think this is the team that, that wants to tank. That and wants to tank, yeah. You have to think about their incentive. And when I heard that GM, the first thing he said on the podcast is, I'm glad to be here, but I'm sad that I'm here under these conditions where we're in a rebuilding year. Um, yeah. That's just like, wow. That, that's just... This, this guy is, is trying that's to lose. That's clear him. the beaches. The fucking tanks are coming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's D-Day. They are coming in, man. Yeah, so Atlanta Hawks. All right, um, so that was my number three team. You're number one. So let's kick it back to you. for your, What was your third ranked team that you have for the Unders 2017-2018? I'm firing some shots. Get the uh, bang, bang, bang going. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I love the Rockets, and I think they they have some potential in the postseason. But I think 56-and-a-half wins is too high for the regular season. I think they, they don't have the depth. I think they mm. trade away all the depth to get, a lot of bench, yeah. to get one year of Chris Paul, which I'm not hating the trade, but I mm. think they just don't have the depth to win 56 or more games. And I, and I think Harden gets injured. Or CP3 gets injured, which is very likely that one of them gets injured. Absolutely, yeah. I think this team is really, really thin, mm-hmm. and they're like a 500 team without if they have one of those players. Yeah, that's like uh, I think that's a great point. Like, you look at look at the the ups and downs of these teams over the past couple of years. Last year they had an amazing year. The year before, you know, infamous problems with chemistry. The year before the, that, the they year were, before that, they were like. I mean, yeah, the year before last, they were like 41 or two wins. Yeah, it's, it's been, I mean, and you look at these players, um, you know, Eric Gordon's obviously had a fantastic comeback, won the NBA three-point contest. Uh, <laughs> shot, <laughs> shot a fantastic <laughs> But this is a guy who, outside of the D'Antoni system and outside of the year playing with, a, you know, a almost MVP James Harden, probably number two in the MVP voting, you know, a lot of these guys relied on, on, on that system and that, 
and that level of play from James Harden. Have we seen anything with James Harden that he's going to be able to to bring that consistently? Um, you know, his playoff performance is super troubling. Uh, you know, the way that he completely faded down the stretch, getting stuffed by a 39-year-old man in Ginobili to finish off his, his incredibly lackluster playoff campaign. Now, maybe some of that was fatigue and, and having uh, Chris Paul lessens his load a bit, but, I mean, yeah. It could have been on his period as well. He seemed pretty Ooh, moody. You, okay. I'm firing shots, yeah. I'm, I'm coming in hot, man. I'm coming in I came in pretty drunk, and I'm, I've been drinking uh, sports drinks. Since. Oh, you just switched to the bar, Sam, Sam is a... Sam just got off work, and he's been trying to catch up. I'm coming in hot. I'm firing shots. I mean, that's that's two times in the postseason where he gave up. Like, how is that possible? Like, how? What's your like, over under? If I give you point five over under on it, James Harden NBA championships. I like the over. You like the over. You like him getting one one day. I like him getting one, and then then we then people criticize him. Now yeah. people don't criticize him because he's he hasn't done anything. It's like, yeah. It's like criticizing Josh McRoberts. Like, why, why is he so inefficient in the post? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I guess uh, yeah, Harden's given up twice in the playoffs. Like, what the fuck is that shit? Like, yeah. It's bullshit. But I'm talking about the regular season. I just think 56 and a half. Mm-hmm. I think this team is going to be good. Mm-hmm. And I actually think maybe they're trading away from challenging That's the interesting thing the about Warriors. They, they seem like I just they're... think the regular season, they're not 56 uh-huh. and a half. I, I, I agree with you that the, the kind of consensus seems to be on this team that wait hey it's TBD let's wait they might maybe they pick up Melo maybe they have another trade in the works but what you just mentioned was they traded away all that depth that's not just depth that's you know that's vi- that's viable ammunition for trades yeah that's things that the trade deadline uh, people are going to want people aren't 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 knocking on the door for Ryan Anderson not on that contract so. Um, you know, maybe the trade deadline, some of that changes. Maybe things are more likely to move, if, you know, depending on how things go in New York. Who, who knows? But, um, yeah, 56.5 does seem aggressive for Houston. I think uh, I don't have them on my list just because of the uncertainty about whether that roster is really finalized and, um, and the potential for that Harden and Paul combination. If things do click and go well, it uh, could be really, really exciting. But I, but I, I, would, I, I, I like that as an under. I, I like that under as well. I would even consider putting them... It's one of my locks as well. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting if Carmelo goes there. I'm not really sure Carmelo makes the team better. It, yeah. it's, it's not a super hot take, but... I, Wait, I, is it, is it, is it I, Universiad Melo? Can, can we get Universiad Melo? Melo going against college players? That'd be fantastic. So one of my better points on this podcast has been that Car- the uh, Olympic Carmelo is a, a scam and a joke. You say, oh, can we get back to Olympic Carmelo? And I, I always say, like, well, you know, when he played against Latvia? Yeah, like, when he played against like, Angola. What are you talking about? Yeah. And then in re- researching one of our uh, I'm sorry, Zach Lope uh, segments where I, I give this my friend the- Sam a, a, a fake or real... Zach Loran. These are deep cuts for Donkey Very Much fans. <laughs> I, I stumbled across uh, an, an Olympic mellow conversation with Zach Lowe, and they were talking about how, I can't remember who his guest was, it might have been Howard Beck or Kevin Pelton, and they said, they, they literally said this, they said, if he can get back to Olympic mellow, and I know... Melo struggled in the title game, but before that he was <laughs> he was putting up numbers. So he literally said, "When Olympic Melo 
was playing against Latvia and Czech Republic <laughs> and Angola. He was putting up numbers. But when they played against a team that had two or more NBA starters, Spain, <laughs> France, Which you really they, literally said, mellow, they yeah. literally said, I, Olympic mellow is this great thing, but acknowledging he struggled in the title game when they actually played the <laughs> one real team in the, the That's fantastic, he, yeah. He struggled in the, in the final. He that, struggles. That's amazing. He that's struggles. amazing. I mean, when he's that's playing amazing. against a team that average height is 6'4", and he can shoot three-pointers from 25 feet, then it's, he's amazing. He's and, he, amazing. and he's the fifth best player on the floor. He's, he's open. Amazing. He's amazing. He's yeah. always open. I love me some Olympic, but not title game Olympic medal. <laughs> No, <laughs> France, dude. You, you, so you got like the yeah, two Olymp- Olympic semifinals medal is pretty good. But Olympic quarterfinals medal. Ooh, oh, Olympic round Can't robin score mellow. <laughs> Olympic round robin mellow is out of his mind. All right, Another yeah. Question. So I like so, that one. Um, that's that's pretty good. So that's my third. Sam, who do you have as the second most confident under team for this year? My second most confident under um, is the only team that I'm moving to the Western Conference for. Um, and this kind so of. So we say three, two, one. Let's do it. All right. Three, Three two, two, one. Lakers. Lakers. Oh, okay. Lakers. Lakers. Why the Lakers? Oh, the Lakers. The Lakers. The Lakers over under is set at 32 and a half. So again, I compared this to the kind of the benchmark of the uh, of the Brooklyn Nets, 22 and a half. You're telling me that the Lakers are 10 wins better in a vastly superior conference. But the but, point we just made about the Hawks, and uh, sorry, yeah. let me finish this. The point that we just made about the Hawks is that if they're going to tank, they're going to need to do so early and often because the bad teams in the West are going to be racking up losses at a very, very fast clip because the Western Conference teams need wins to get into that top eight. The playoffs picture is is very, very convoluted there. So that's my basic thinking for why I think the Lakers aren't going to be as good. We can get into more why, but what was your point? The Lakers don't own their own pick. They don't own their pick. No, no incentive for them to – no incentive for them for tank. No. Tanking. Well, they own their. Do they get the pick if it falls out of the two through five? Is it protected? No, then uh, I think the 76ers get it. Then it goes back to the 76ers. So yeah. either way, the pickers, so, yeah, the, 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 that pick the is Lakers have, have no chance for the pick. Okay, yeah. so yeah. The 76ers so, traded it to. Certainly preclude them from tanking, but again, that's the same thing about Brooklyn. And again, Lakers are getting 10 wins. That's over, a lot over more Brooklyn. wins. Yeah, that's 10 more, more wins. wins. That's like insane. In they've, any two-game season, that's a lot of wins. They've added Brooke Lopez, and uh, and you know, like, what would you say the Brooke Lopez's best basketball qualities are? Scoring. Scoring. Three-point range. No. Um, just, just. Oh, no, he shot. No, he shot. I mean, he shot pretty well from three-point. But I, mean, I meant that seriously. I, I, that wasn't a shot. That wasn't a shot at Brooke. I, I, no, I would say his best, his best skills are just hanging out by the rim and just. Putting in tip backs and just half court scoring. Yeah, half court scoring. And their brand new face of the franchise point guard <laughs> excels at not that. Not fucking doing well, really setting up half court offense. Sure, I mean, it, it technically but... he should be all right, but like everyone's talking about his transition plays, his getting out and running. If you go looking to get out and run, and Brook Lopez is your center, like that, that's that's a bit of a of a problem. Uh, I would bet money that Brook Lopez does not finish the season as a Laker. So you think this, they got moves I, to make? Because they have no incentive really to win as well. Like they have incentive mm-hmm. to develop their young players. Yeah. Because unless they get to an insanely hot start, they're yeah. not making the playoffs. So, so who picks up Lopez? Where does you know where does a, a Brook? I, I mean, he, he's a good scorer. He but is good, he, but, but the thing is, like, yeah. yeah. In 2007, it doesn't fit. Yeah. Like, you can't play them against the Warriors, so... Yeah. When you look <laughs> at the trade them? deadline, right, you start thinking about teams either making moves to tank or to put themselves in contention to win in the playoffs. And I don't know if Brook Lopez moves the needle in that sense. He's a perfect off-season salary dump trade 
possibility. But I don't know what what you know what team picks him up to win in the playoffs. You know, like what team makes a move like that? He's like the sure. little Debbies. You know little Debbies? <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. Debbies I'm, I'm interested to see where you go with this. I know he, little Debbies. He, yeah. He's the little Debbies of NBA players. Like <laughs> he's delicious. He, he he fills you up. He's cheap. He's affordable. But it's all empty calories. It just, just oh, there it is. It, okay, I like that. Empty I was calories. Like, are you gonna land this little Debbie's analogy? <laughs> I was like, it's all empty calories because <laughs> there's no team like even if Cleveland got him for free as a buyout player, like he can't play against the Warriors. No, I was gonna play like who's he gonna guard? He's not gonna yeah. do that that much on offense. Like he's really good at like getting his his numbers yeah. in an inefficient way. Where like, hey, man, I scored twenty two, but like. Yeah, but the guy you're guarding scored 32. It's like, yeah. I got 22. Yeah, I got my 22. Yeah, I got 22. And nine, well, I got 22 well, well, and 22, don't you understand? Three of your rebounds were just getting your own tips. <laughs> you just did a little, <laughs> little quick jump three times. Double, double. That's because you missed 10 shots. You missed, yeah, missed three gimmies next to the rim and went up and got them yourself. You know, I, this one, this is a little bit aside from what we're talking about, but something you said just sparked something funny in me. Like, it is like we're almost distorting the Warriors are so good that they're almost distorting the value of NBA players. Because we get into this conversation where it's like, well, you know, he's good, he'll give you this, this, and that, but you can't play him in the finals against the Warriors, and you can't play him in the final. Like, we might have to kind of come to a, a consensus and understand that there, there are barely five guys in the league who you can play against the Warriors in the finals. There's barely, there's barely those five guys. We did this exercise a week ago where we, we picked a hypothetical Eastern Conference all-star team. It was amazing. And we we still gave the edge to the Warriors. Yeah, uh, I, I think you the know. Warriors versus the 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 Eastern Conference. I'm not even the All Stars. Like, forget about the fan vote. This is us choosing, cherry picking, and putting together the best team we can of Eastern Conference players. And they would not be favored against the Warriors. So the standard of oh he could play in the finals against the Warriors is uh, is really distorting the value of every NBA player. You know, it's outside of LeBron James. Who can you really say? And Kyrie. Ooh. Sam, hot take. You ready for it? Yeah. Which warrior do you want to see injured? Which warrior do I want to see injured? I'll start it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because this is a sensitive subject. We don't want to see anyone get injured, but they're all rich and they're all they're all famous. Yeah. And, and they'll be healthy next year. Yeah. But I think it would be really interesting. Because Just to infuse a little drama back in the season. Yeah. And the words have an amazing health luck. Maybe not like a, a serious injury, you know. I definitely want to see it. But like, you know. No, like, like, little, little... No, no, like cancer, like dead. Like, oh, jeez. No, oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> out for the season. Just out for the season, but next season, super healthy. Yeah. This whole season, they're collecting checks. Yeah. I want to see, I think the most interesting, and yeah. not I want to see, but uh, yes, of course, I want to see. Yeah. I want to see, no, wait, wait. I'll phrase it different. It would be interesting if Draymond Green was out for the season. No, Dre. That would be very, very interesting. Because then sure. you have three skinny, uh, I would say, softer players mm-hmm. running the team. Yeah. And then after that, you don't really have much. You have, you know, you have Iggy and Sean Livingston, but like, yeah. you know, the the bench is not that that. The deep. linchpin of the lineup of death is is Draymond Green's ability to switch and guard five positions. And for the sure. fire of that team is Draymond. Like, Absolutely. take him out of there, and you have these soft players. Like, I think they're gonna get pushed around by a lot of teams. Yeah. You know, by the Spurs, by the the Grizzlies, you know, by the Pelicans. 
Yeah. There's a lot of teams that can like really push them around if they don't have Draymond. There's a lot of matchups that look way more interesting without Draymond in there for sure. And you got to wonder about do the Warriors double down, go super small? Do they they keep they have to keep a Pachulia or a McGee on the court at all times and play with a more traditional five? Uh, that would be yeah, I definitely. That's agree a with you. huge win for the opposing team. <laughs> yeah, you got Pachulia. Oh, absolutely, or a McGee. huge win, a huge win. Yeah, I think that totally reshaped. That's interesting in terms of. Of changing the entire dynamic of the team, I would agree with you. That is the that would be the most I, I interesting think he's the piece. Guy. And I could see him being the, the, like not getting injured, but doing like a Ricky Williams, where he just decides he's gonna blatantly smoke weed for a year and moves to Canada or something like that. Where he just goes, he gets his checks. His <laughs> and then when he finds out he's not collecting checks, like what? I have to come back. What? And play. You gotta play here. That's the fuck? Ricky yeah. Williams. He went on tour with. Uh, oh my God, who was it? He went on tour with, with some band, and. Like a year and a half later, when they're like, "Yo, we want our signing bonus back," he's like, "What are you talking about? What are you talking about? That's my <laughs> signing bonus." Based on you playing. Yeah, you signed a contract <laughs> to so play football. Didn't come back and play NFL. <laughs> Man, yeah. he was touring with someone. It was it was a great. Was it fish? Not fish. It, but the... it, it was like a, it was like a black fish. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was a black fish. I can't remember who it was. It wasn't like the Roots or like, but it was some amazing. George Clinton, par- oh Parliament Funkadelic. Just gonna, it was just some amazing... That was a one-of-a-kind character, man. Just, and Draymond's a one-of-a-kind character, too. That would exactly. Be the most, like, uh, that would be the most interesting guy to see, for sure. Um, so so my number two, I said it, was the Lakers. And you've already kind of uh, given us a little preview. You're number two, also in the Western Conference, I believe. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Pelicans. Yeah. Because they're predicted to win 40 and a half games, which puts them about 10th, or actually probably 11th. In the Western Conference because it's so stacked this year, I just think, I think the, the the Twin Tower lineup. I think it's interesting, and I like it. I like to see teams take this approach where we're not going to try to out warrior the warrior. We're just going to yeah. do something different. Absolutely, you know? like, yeah. Like don't like hey, let's find the next step. Like let's find the next Draymond. Like you're not going to no. do that shit. The whole team's like, going. The whole league's going one way. They're going small. We're going to go big. Yeah, it's going super big. We're going to get big. We're going to get big. And you know, um, there was a GM before who had the same idea. Uh, and famously said, the whole league's going one way, they're not doubling down. I'm doubling down on size in the middle. And that offseason, he went out and signed Jerome James and Eddie Curry, and that was Isaiah Thomas with the New York Knicks. <laughs> the problem was he gave Eddie Curry like a, a free pass to the hometown buffet, and that was, that was, his, that was the country biggest, kitchen. Yeah, Eddie that was his Curry. biggest flaw. But I think with uh, with the Pelicans, with the size at the center and power forward, or just two centers, plus they signed so many amazing wings this offseason. Oh, wait, no, they didn't. Oh, wait, they, have, they, they have got no Rage on Rondo. They have no one. They have two point guards. Not even the German Rage on Rondo, the real Rage on Rondo. Drew Holiday, and then they got Twin Towers, and then, okay, Rondo. But they have their wings are just horrible. Like, their two, three, yeah. and four are just, or sorry, their twos and threes are just horrible. It's yeah, like, their wings, yeah. It's Dante, Cumming, Dante Cunningham's and just weird, Solomon goofy Hills, dudes. Yeah. Like, very, very strange. Just so. scrap heap dudes. Like, this team is, I, I think. I think they're going to struggle from the get-go, and they're going to sell, sell it early. Yeah. I think, I mean, if you're a team in that position, in that market, and you look at what just happened to the Hawks, you know, another another Southern team that uh, that saw their stars just walk and return for nothing. I mean, given their roster and the lack of stars past Anthony Davis on that roster, that team is not far away from tanking. And I think that if you're a tanking team, I think that we've just seen... 
with the Danny Ainge model, you got to acquire assets. You got to pick up assets, and they've got these big. That's assets. a teaser for our next podcast. Stay tuned. You got you got us to do our next podcast. Oh yeah, we're going deep. We on got the Kyrie Sam thing. the Celtic. Oh, my jersey is in the mail, man. Mm. My, my my Irving jersey is in the mail. I burned my Isaiah Thomas ones like the angry. You got to burn it. Yeah. <laughs> no, fuck that. All right, um, if I could, yeah, the Pelicans. I can definitely see that. I can see that one getting real squirrely on them, and the Pelicans are a good choice for. Um, uh, number two. So can you recap your top three for us? So we got the Rockets, number three, Pelicans, number one, and the ATL Hawks as... Sorry. Rockets, number three, Pelicans, number two, and the ATL Hawks, number one. one. Sam, you're number one. Let's close it out. Let's, Let's close, close it out strong. Let's close Give it the strong. people some money. Let's close Make it some strong. people money. You the team... What if I told you a team featured two starting players... I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Alrighty, I'm out. Who've never played... In the uh, in the NBA, and they're not even the biggest in- injury concern on their roster. If what if I told you that team was getting forty and a half as your over under? Wait, run it back. Tell you me got, what you're telling me. You, you, <laughs> two of your five starters have never played an NBA game, and n- neither of those two are even the so most the, significant. So the, the Boston Celtics injury or? risk. Uh, this is no, no one's, no one's, everyone's starting there with NBA experience. Who's starting? Tatum. Tatum's not starting for that team. Tatum might start for that team. Let me try to derail this beautiful hypothetical I've finished. Okay. All right, fuck you. It's the Sixers. It's Philadelphia 76ers. Four ah, of players wins. have never played. Yeah, Fultz and, Fultz and, and Simmons. Simmons have never played. And they're not either, either, neither of them is the biggest injury risk on the team. That's Embiid in the center. Um, the Feds is... Hey, that's, yeah. not, that's, a, that's a low blow, man. Simmons... Or uh, Embiid has only missed uh, two and two quarters, two and two thirds seasons. That's not fair, man. He played one one third of three seasons. That's come he on. Played man. one th- one third of one season in his three seasons. Yeah, come on, man. Um, yeah, someone just yeah just poured out a little bit of a Shirley Temple in, in in despair over that. I mean, this team is getting forty and a half wins. I think that they are an example of the teams that I think money is moving towards them because of the hype. Because they got faults, and people love Simmons from a year ago in the summer league, and Embiid was so exciting in that short flash, and Saric was a you know a solid player all around, and that and and I don't think this team deserves to be at forty and a half wins with these players who are completely untested and unproven, and don't even and haven't even shown like the interest in 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 playing basketball and getting on the court. Do you know how many games they won last year? Last year, I do not know how many games they won. Last year. I I don't know either, but. That'd be interesting. That'd be a good fact. thing to know. That'd be a good thing to I would add that they added JJ Redick. Yes. And they added another center. I believe he was a, a Celtic center. Who'd you guys lose? Amir Johnson? I believe they added Amir Johnson. Oh, yeah. That's good for them. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. <laughs> good. But, great, great job by those boys. Yeah. The, uh, I feel like there's a team trying to win. Amir Johnson is is done, was done, and um, they they won twenty eight games last year. So now they need twelve more. Thirteen more games, well, because they're forty and a half. Thirteen, so yeah. thirteen more games than they did last year. Add Fultz, Simmons, and a whole year of Embiid. Had all these all, all these hypothetical. hypothetically Simmons even Simmons is hypothetical. Completely hypothetical. Fultz it was injured in just a couple games in the summer league. Now they shut him down early. But it seems like that's the annual tradition with their rookies is to miss the entire year. This is your number one, huh? This is my number one. And why have... I like the over. Why like... are we convinced that they are trying to win right now? Because they ousted Hinky and the Colangelos are in there and stuff like that. If Simmons gets hurt early, if Embiid looks shaky, if, uh, you know, they still... Like, what are they doing with Jaleel Okafor, like, on that roster? Like, you know, what... I love I love all the, the 
Instagram photos where it's like future and it's like Embiid's Embiid post picture of future and it's like him Rashawn Holmes Bolt <laughs> and Simmons <laughs> like yeah. there's no Okafor yeah no Okafor yeah Okafor's gone and they gave away Noel for nothing Noel's gone yeah but apparently like Noel was top five pick and he played up to that like he played as well as a top five pick should yeah and he was traded away for a late a late first round pick so are like we sure that this is? Are we sure that not, they are done with their with their wheel of tanking? Are we sure that they are finished with that? Like these players. I think they are. I think new regime. I think they're they're into like building around these players. Yeah, they're building around the the current core they have, and so now's the year when they kick it into gear and start to win. So now they have to learn. I think to they were win. trying to win last year. They're trying to. Try. I think they were trying. To well, I think. I mean, it depends. Again, what are you talking about from the players and coaches standpoint or the organizational standpoint? I believe the players I, and coaches I, are always trying to win. I've, you know, Brett Brown is, I, I think, an I, awesome coach. I think that. I think organizationally too. I, I think they decided last year was like the, the year they're going to win, and they just sucked at winning. And they just sucked at winning, and I, and I think that winning's uh, hard. I don't know if I've seen any evidence that. 13 wins is going to come easier to them this year. Certainly if their roster stays healthy the entire time, it seems on the surface as if they would have a better chance. I am not sold on the viability of, uh, of Simmons. We haven't seen anything from Fultz. This is a rookie point guard starting on a team that might not be surrounded by great shooters and great pieces. J.J. Redick. He's got great J.J. Redick. Yeah, that was J. J. such a great signing. I love that you love the, You like the one-year deal it. for him? I love it. Because I, 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 he just stretches the floor. He makes, Why the one year? Because he makes everyone's job easier. Like, I, yeah. I just love it. Because, it, like, even if he, even if he, of course he's going to walk the year after. And, like, mm-hmm. if you listen to J.J. Reddick podcast, he didn't want to sign there. He he really hated signing there. Yeah. And he, he opened up about it. But, like, he's just the perfect player to have on your team where yeah. he makes everyone else's job easier. Like, mm-hmm. He just stretches the floor, and then it gives everyone else space. Like that, yeah, that's just yeah. it. Like every other position has space because JJ Reddick's on the floor. He's like a little Gordon Hayward. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a short get Gordon. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's my number one team. Forty and a half, I think, is 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 wild for them. So I, that's where I like. Um, they were fourteenth in the Eastern Conference last year, so they predicted the forty and a half would put them in the, probably in the top eight and give them an outside playoff seed this year. Um, that's where I think the Philly fans, if they were writing the script, that's where they want to see him go. You want to get a little taste of the playoffs this year. I don't see it happening, my friends. I'm not high on the Philadelphia 76ers. Sam, last question of the night. Mm. Last year, the Portland Trailblazers were the eighth seed in the, the Western Conference. Yeah. They were 41 and 41. Nice. This year, it seems very likely there'll be an under 500 team in the Eastern Conference. How low do you think that record could go? I this is the last question of the night, and we're done. So, how yeah. low do you think the eighth seed could drop? I think that we'll see it in. I think we, I think we will see a sub five hundred Eastern Conference I, playoff I team. I think so too. Oh, okay, I sure. think it'll be. I think it'll be very high thirties, thirty eight, thirty nine. I was gonna put the over under at. 38.5. 38.5? That's a, that's a good number. That's a Vegas that, that's number. A really, that's a tricky really one. That's a tricky one. I'd probably take the over. Just because really? in the, the East, over? someone's have to win. The teams, you know, they play but each the other West so many times. the West is going to beat up on the East. They're going to, in the interleague play for sure. But, I mean, at the same time, someone's got to win. I think the East will be a little top-heavy. And those middle teams will just kind of finish 500 around against each other. So I don't think you'll see... 
I don't think there'll be a bit a dramatic separation where there's a middle and then the, a very very bottom. There's tier. so much to think about too. I think the fifth through tenth teams in the Eastern Conference will be probably separated by like half a game. Yeah. I think it'll be a race, a pathetic race, but it'll be a race for those last spots. And so that means teams will need to play up until the very end. So that's why I would slightly lean towards the over there. Mm. Yeah. What would you What would you choose if you, with the line that you set yourself? Oh man, it's a good line. Who set this line? Who set this, this line? Fucking good line. line. Yeah. I don't know, but. All I know is the next podcast, we got a really fucking good one. We got the Kyrie trade, but we're not rambling about it. We each have three takeaways. These are three These are three statements mm-hmm. and or questions. These, these are strong, strong. From yeah. a Celtics fan, from an uh, NBA observer, my, myself. My three lean heavily green, so oh, I hope you have some Cavaliers These takes. are going to be good, though. But these aren't what you're going to hear in the mainstream media. We got some hot takes. We got some interesting questions. Yeah. Please listen to our next podcast, and we hope you enjoy this one. Yeah, cheers, guys. This has been Dunky very much. For now, saying goodbye, Sam Yarbs and and, uh, and Matthias von Ryan. Peace, buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah.